about the users, the searchers, what they want. If Google sees that searchers like to read uh, long articles on, on some topic, Google will start ranking long articles. But if Google will see that people prefer shorter articles uh, without any extra detail, Google will start ranking these articles. So uh, don't think about what Google wants, think about what users want. Hey everyone, welcome to the Elementor Talks podcast. The person you just heard was Tim Solo, CMO of Ahrefs, one of the leading SEO platforms in the world. Tim has a lot to say about the right way to grow traffic. In fact, he wrote a whole course about it and was kind enough to give me access in preparation for our interview. We discussed the main misconceptions concerning content marketing, as well as the strategies Tim used to produce remarkable results for the Ahrefs blog. Here's our interview. I hope you enjoy it. So hi, everyone. I'm here with Tim Sulu from Ahrefs. Hi, Tim. How are you? Hi, Ben. Great. Great. It's a, it's a real pleasure to have you here. Thank you. So I want to start with uh, an intro about uh, actually my experience with uh, Ahrefs. So we kind of knew the tool and I even experimented with it uh, for the trial uh, beforehand. But when I uh, had uh, scheduled the interview with you, I decided to take your course that you have. Yeah. Uh, can you... Tell us a bit about the, the course. Well, basically, uh, one of the main channels that help us grow our own business, our own uh, SaaS tool, <laughs> which is Ahrefs, uh, is content. So we, we uh, like turned our blog into one of the most successful resources in our industry. And so mm-hmm. then I decided to create a course and like tell people everything I know about kind of blogging and content marketing and how to drive users with content. So basically, I created uh, a pretty detailed uh, step-by-step course. It's, I think, over three hours of uh, video tutorials. Uh, and we released it free for 30 days, and then we put it behind the pay- paywall. So there, there were tons of raving reviews. Uh, people enjoyed it a lot. Uh, like, And uh, I, I've had some reviews where people were saying that they, they were skeptical at first, like... Uh, how can someone teach me something new about blogging and content marketing? But then they were uh, amazed by the advice and the strategies that I suggested in the course. Well, what I'll tell you what I liked about it, because I also, I don't know how many of our listeners know that, but I also started uh, in the SEO industry. I was an SEO manager. It was, I think, 13 years ago. <laughs> so most of the content that I, most of the courses that I started, they had two faults. They either were too basic so repeating all the, you know, a title is important and the H1 and the things that you, everyone knows. Yeah. Or they're, they're too technical, meaning they, if you're a content marketer like myself, they tell you, okay, you need to stop working on, on like creating content and start, you know, analyzing links and doing a broken link check and, and doing all those strategies that actually are an addition to your workload, which for most people is already kind of high. Okay. So what I like about what about the course is that it kind of flows into your own workflow. So you, you don't have to like stop everything. You're still creating content, but you're integrating a few other steps like keyword re- research and the, the promotion afterwards to get actually that uh, content to many people. Yeah, it, it's like uh, nothing too groundbreaking, but I think... Uh... Uh, I was able to pinpoint quite a few uh, interesting strategies and things that a lot of people are overlooking and that uh, in our case totally changed the the course and the ROI of our blog. 
So I hope uh, in this podcast we'll have time to, to get a few pointers. Uh, but first, how did you even have time to work on, on the course? Because it, it's really, it looks good. So how did you, how did you integrate uh, it with your workload? Yeah, first of all, it took me almost a year to create this course, like start to finish from the idea and uh, to the release. So it's not something that I was able to churn out in a week. It was like a very long and painful process. Uh, and in terms of finding time, because actually I, I hold the position of uh, chief marketing officer at HRF, so there's a ton of stuff on my plate, but I was still dedicated to creating this course because I genuinely wanted to uh, give people some knowledge that I have and help them boost their own blogs. So in terms of finding time, first of all, I tried to reuse some content that we already had on our blog because on our own blog, we actually share all the kind of marketing strategies that we use. So part of my course is actually based on the content that we already have uh, in HRF's blog, but I had to like better restructure it, uh, remove something that I thought wasn't necessary and add something that I thought was necessary. So this is the first part that uh, helped to save a bit of time is to reuse the existing content. Uh, and the second uh, mm -hmm. thing is to simply uh, schedule time. So I used the uh, super famous Pomodoro technique. Uh, where I would just uh, come to the office and uh, I will not leave my workplace unless I did like five or six Pomodoros of actually sitting and like writing the scripts for my course, uh, coming up with ideas for like animations, for uh, graphics, for videos uh, and all that stuff. Wow. So yeah, I, I think if I wouldn't go the, the Pomodoro way, if I wouldn't just come... And I actually, I, I printed the, uh, the annual calendar with like 12 months and like 30 days in each month. And I was actually putting an X on the day when I uh, successfully completed five or six Pomodoros and I was leaving uh, an empty day if I didn't. So you know, the, to get that feeling that, that you're like accomplishing something and when you have that winning strike of like a few weeks without missing a day, of not working on the course, it, it helped a lot. But yeah, uh, I think, uh, well, there are probably different kinds of personalities. Some people are like uh, easy to, to take on this kind of uh, big tasks. For me, it was super hard. Like I was every day, I was dreading to, to work on my course because the, uh, the task is so big uh, that like I, I'm afraid to, to even like move forward with it. But Pomodoro technique helped me a lot. Yeah, so I highly recommend it to anyone who is in the same situation as I was. And how do you choose the KPI for the problem? Like what, what are you working on? What are your tasks for the specific day? To be honest, I'm not like the most organized person in the world. <laughs> okay. uh, so I would just stick with whatever I think is the most important. So in this case, when I felt that the course was most important for me, that I wanted to complete it, I had to set this time aside uh, and work on it like for like half of hour of my working day and then take care of our thing, uh, other things for the rest of the working day. So right now, uh, I don't have any such projects that would be like super important for me. So uh, whenever I come to work, I, I, I don't have a, a, like a list of things that I have to complete uh, at this day. So I just, I will look at things that are on my like, kind of general to-do list and I would pick like, what I feel doing like today. So if this mm -hmm. is uh, like of uh, certain importance to me, uh, and if I feel that I have the kind of the energy, uh, the willpower, and uh, I don't know, the the bright ideas to complete this task, I will, do, I will do it. If I feel that I'm not kind of in the mood to, to work on this kind of thing, I will put it down for later uh, and probably will get to it on some other day. 
So let, that's a good transition to uh, the, the subject of time management. And I know many of our users, it's difficult, you know, the, to build the websites and manage writing uh, long-form articles, you know, doing the promotion around it. How do you think you can manage to do that? If you're like, what's the best way to do, let's say you have the minimum time possible. You're, you're a, a, a web designer. You have a, a few clients that you're working on their website right now but you still want to promote your business and write content. So what's the best way to, to get the traffic that you need? This is like a super complex question. And uh, yeah. even though right now I'm in charge of a team, so I, 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 I'm not doing things alone. Uh, I can relate to people who are doing everything themselves because just a few years ago, I was also kind of bootstrapping a few of my own projects and I was alone like doing everything like communicating with designers with programmers like hiring these people uh, as freelancers on Upwork and uh, trying to build traffic to my own website and to this project so yeah I can relate and uh, it, this this is like uh, it's almost the same to what I just said about like just coming to an office or to your workplace and picking the the next uh, most important thing that is on your plate uh, so if you're kind of bootstrapping a project on your own and you're doing everything yourself, you, you kind of have to juggle between development of the actual thing that you have, be it a product or a service or, or whatever, and then promoting it. So yeah. I think in the early days, the best thing you can do to promote whatever you have there is to write emails and reach out to people, to reach out to people in your industry and show them what you have there. And uh, you will see if you're gaining traction. You will see if, if, if something that you have there, your product or your service, uh, strikes a chord with them. If they, if they tell you that this is awesome, uh, I want to use it, and you can actually give them a free copy. Uh, and they might blog about it. They may tweet about it. Uh, then it's all good. Then you, have, you can work more on your product. Uh, and a little bit less on driving traffic to your website because you can just uh, build relationship with these people. Uh, supply them with a quality product, like keep keep upgrading it, and they will do the initial promotion for you. Uh, but if you feel that uh, people, like if your product is great, but people kind of are not jumping in, not helping you to promote it, then you will have to cut a little bit on the development side of the product, and you will have to build your own traffic. So uh, with the help of SEO, or if you have budget, uh, with the help of paid ads, uh, like whatever your strategy is, this is pretty complicated question, and it, it it all depends on the project that you have, on your situation, what kind of resources you have, and all that stuff. So let's focus on on organic traffic. So we've seen many businesses start long form articles have become much more popular than than ever. So this is becoming more competitive for people that uh, you know are not especially for people that are not native to English how did you manage to pass the language barrier and put out those articles that uh, succeed so much on on one hand I like to think that my English is pretty good especially written English where I have time to reread what I just wrote and make some adjustments to make it uh, look better but on the other hand I understand that my uh, language my English is far from being perfect. And uh, I know that uh, people from UK, they hate it when you make uh, mistakes in your English. So for them uh, to read content from a non-native speaker is uh, actually almost literally a pain. So yeah, but, but then you have to always remember that there are 
tons of people around the world uh, for whom English uh, is not their like native, their first language. So if you're trying to communicate uh, what you have there in English and you're making some mistakes, uh, it's not a big problem because a lot of people who will read your content, they're not native speakers as well, and they might not even see those mistakes. So uh, this is the advice I can give to, to people who are creating con English content and English is not their first language. Just do it. Just uh, make uh, the best you can. Probably use some software like Grammarly or Hemingway, which will help you to pinpoint issues. And I think pretty much any text editor has a spell check. So even if you use spell check, you'll, you'll be safe from like making like super dumb mistakes. So I don't, I don't really see this as an issue, but uh, you have to work on your English. For example, I myself, I just like a few months ago, I hired a, an English tutor because I want to keep improving my English. So there's no mm -hmm. other way around it. If your English is bad, I have no better advice for you than to hire a tutor and improve your English. Interesting. And are there ways to promote shorter form articles? Let's say I have, uh, how do you promote like your homepage? this type of, of or shorter landing pages, what, what is the process? Because most of the course was focused uh, on blogging and how to, you know, spread the word on, on blog posts. How do you do the same thing on, on pages? Yeah, exactly. I can see where you're going here. Uh, a lot of people just don't have the band bandwidth to launch a blog, uh, write awesome articles uh, and promote these awesome articles because they also have to work on their product and then they have to work on their website. They have yeah, to create yeah. copy for their homepage. <laughs> they have to create landing pages to describe different features of their product, different functionalities and all that stuff. So uh, actually, I just told the best way to promote uh, your website, your product. It is to reach out to people like it is it is like super awesome uh, promotional tactic in many ways uh, because if you have launched a certain product and you created a website that explains what this product does these 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 are the two things your website and the product uh, that you reach out to people with that you reach out like to to probably uh, i don't know top people in your industry or mm -hmm. people who have access to your potential customers you reach out to them and you show them your website and you show them your product and you're getting immediate feedback from them. So if there are a lot of uh, softwares that let you track uh, email opens, so you can actually, and I highly suggest you to use that when reaching out so that you would know if people opened your email and didn't reply. Because if people mm -hmm. open your email, but they don't reply, you have to work more on your product. You have to work more on your offering. So this is feedback already. So if people are not replying your outreach emails, then you have to work more on the copy of your homepage, on your pitch, uh, on your like, I don't know, minim minimum viable product or whatever. So the best promotional strategy is to show people what you have and to make sure that you're getting a positive response from these people, that you, you're able to make people care with your product and with your website, that your product and your website is something that, I don't know, catches their attention, that makes them want to stop what they're doing and research uh, what you're offering them. And once you feel that you, that you have succeeded at it, that people are replying your email emails, that they're saying that uh, I've checked your website, I've checked your like landing pages, uh, I like your offering, I like this feature, I like that, I like this service, uh, can you tell me more about it or, or can you let me try it? Then you're on the right track. If you can get like top people in your field interested, it means that you can actually start investing into content marketing because you know that your, your product can hook people 
And so you can invest a little bit into content marketing and make sure that the effort uh, won't get lost. Or you can invest into paid ads because you know if top people in your field uh, have reacted uh, to your emails, you know that you can spend a little bit of money on advertising and these people will also react to your offering uh, because you already got proof uh, from these top people. Like proof of concept, that's smart. Yeah, yeah kind of like this. And you also mentioned in, in the course that that's an important uh, factor, I think. When you're sending the, the emails, like uh, 100 emails, even if you don't get 10 links, even if you don't get any links, this, it still might be a success if they reply and, and if they engage and give you good feedback. So can you elaborate on, on this a bit? Yeah, of course. Because like marketing and sales and business, if you think about it, uh, it's all about relationships. So you're not, you're not selling to some, I don't know, faceless people that come and go. You're selling to real people. Like uh, they have their real life. They have their real problem, problems. So you're kind of connecting with them on a certain level. So when you're sending emails to people and offering, offering them your product, even if, they don't buy, even if they don't buy it, even if they don't, they don't reply, this is still information for you. It means something for you. It means that you weren't able to persuade them, that your offering is not good enough. And again, if, if you use this uh, email tracking software and you see that they have opened your email but didn't reply, you can follow up with them and ask, like, you can actually make some assumptions of your own like, uh, hey, you didn't reply to my email. Uh, like, is this because you don't have time to review my product right now? Or is this because you don't think that the idea of my product or service is not relevant to what you do? Uh, or like, do you think that like my design is bad? Just make a few assumptions in the email and make it easy for them to just reply. Yeah, I think like the, the number three assumption that you make is uh, what made me uh, not reply. And then if people will reply, again, you can uh, also ask them for some follow-up feedback. Just, just don't ask for too much. Make it easy for them. This is why I'm saying make a few assumptions so that it would be easier for them to reply uh, without having to write long messages and explaining like what's wrong and feeling guilty that they're like uh, letting down a person who is trying to do great work. So yeah, communication is like is a great thing and it can work out in many great ways. For example, when a few years ago when I was trying to grow my own projects, I had some plugins for WordPress and I was reaching out to people in my field uh, and seeing if they will start using them. And once I persuaded a few people to start using them, I saw that they started blogging about them. And then I took these, uh, mm. uh, the, the things that they said about my plugins on their blog and I put them on my landing page as kind of testimonials. And then I reached out to other people and asked if uh, I saw that they started using my product. So I reached out and asked if I can if I can use, if they can give me a testimonial that they can put on my landing page and blah, blah, blah. Then when I launched an affiliate program, I emailed the same people that I was emailing before and asked if they're willing to become my affiliates. So it's all about relationships. As you start reaching out to people and having conversations, asking like small questions uh, and giving them a kind of a way to... Uh, give you feedback uh, it may work out in many in many great things for you so i'd like to explore more about how hrefs uh, go into uh, those uh, efforts so you you, you started checking a, a concept for a, a new content that you're going to put out L like if you're a blogger how would you use uh, can you elaborate how you you would use hrefs in your workflow 
Yeah, like the, the use cases are pretty easy. So uh, here are some things that Ahrefs can do for you. Uh, first of all, if you have a general word or keyword or phrase that is related to your industry, for example, parenting or cats or weight loss, like what Ahrefs can do is you take uh, this general word or phrase, you put it into Ahrefs tool called Keywords Explorer, and Keywords Explorer will show you all the phrases that people put into Google that contain your phrase in them. So you will see what people are searching for uh, that contains your word in it. So like if you put the word iPhone, uh, you will get like, I think, 5 million uh, different search queries that people put into Google. And for each search query, you will see how many times per month uh, it is being searched for in Google. So this helps you to understand what people are actually searching for in the search engines uh, in relation to your niche. So this helps you make educated decisions about what content you have to create on your website or even like uh, what kind of landing pages you should create, what kind of functionalities uh, you have to describe. For example, if you have uh, a plugin that does, uh, let's say, uh, social buttons uh, for a website, uh, you can just put social buttons in Ahrefs Keywords Explorer and you'll, you'll get all kinds of search queries like how to create social buttons or social buttons don't work for me or this kind of plugin, uh, is this plugin good for social buttons and blah, blah, blah. So you'll be able to address these kind of questions on your website. You can do it in your, not necessarily in a blog, maybe an FAQ or maybe this is a dedicated page to describe some kind of feature or maybe something would fit your homepage. And by doing this, by addressing the things that people are actually searching for, uh, you get a chance to actually rank for these kind of things and to get the search traffic, to get all these people that are searching for these things, come to your website. So this is the first use case to simply know what people in your industry are searching for, which, uh, which helps you to create targeted content and get found in Google for uh, relevant searches. The next cool use case that I can share, there are quite a few use cases and I could talk about them all day long, but I'll just mm -hmm. share two. So this was the first one to actually know what people are searching for, which is super important if you want to get traffic from Google. And the next use case yeah. is simply researching the websites of your competitors. So you can plug any website into Ahrefs tool called Site Explorer. And what you will see is uh, how much search traffic do they get. This is, of course, an estimation, not the actual search traffic, but our estimation, uh, which is pretty... Uh, insightful and then you can see which pages are bringing bringing them this traffic so like like we just talked it's not necessarily a blog but you can actually see if their homepage ranks in google for anything you can see if the page is dedicated to specific features of their product ranking google for anything and give them any traffic or maybe they have created a dedicated uh, uh, guide to something like i saw a guide to snowboard sizes and it ranks for a ton of your of search queries and it gets a ton of traffic. So if you have uh, e-commerce stores selling uh, snowboards, you might want to do this kind of guide to snowboard sizing and get a ton of traffic that you can later convert into customers. So this is very insightful. You can research all the websites of your competitors and you can see all the pages that they have and how much traffic they get from search and what kind of keywords they rank for. This helps you to kind of come up with uh, your own website structure and you you... Uh, will know what kind of pages you want to have on your website because you will know that these pages can bring the same kind of traffic from search. And as, as uh, I'm sure a lot of people know, uh, traffic from search converts super well because people are actually searching for something specific. 
So if you're able to resolve their issue, if you're able to help them with whatever they're searching for, uh, they will become your customer. Yeah, so these are two use cases. First is knowing what people uh, search for uh, in relation to your industry. And the second use case is to kind of look, spy on the websites of your competitors and see uh, what kind of pages they have and how much traffic it brings them from search engines. Yeah, I think this kind of research has become uh, like a must using tools like Ahrefs because in the past, the the advice was usually, okay, just document what you're doing and even in your business and you will get traffic. But now you have to, because of the competition, you have to target a specific keyword. And even then, probably you're, you're going to compete uh, articles that have been, you know, well-structured and uh, highly competitive, especially if it's uh, for the US. Yeah, yeah. Like right now, without without this kind of research, it is really hard to get traffic from Google because you're basically sailing without a map. I had a, a talk a while back with Gail from Authority Hacker regarding the change, a possible change in Google. Meaning, do you think we're going to continue to see long those long posts as a must to get traffic? Or is there a change towards maybe videos maybe different types of, of uh, content? Uh, I think uh, it's a, a slightly wrong way to look at it because the change is not really coming from Google. The change is coming from users. So it's up mm-hmm. to what users like to see. For example, at our own blog, at Ahrefs blog, what we've noticed is that sometimes we're, we're, when we produce like a super long, highly detailed, high-quality article, Google will uh, kind of rank it high. It would put it like in the top five search results for the for the topics that uh, that are covered in the article. But then what we would see is that it starts dropping down. And the reason for that is if we go to Google Analytics, we will see that people are landing on that page. They are opening it. Uh, they are scrolling down a little bit. They see that uh, the article is super huge and it will take them 30 to 40 minutes to read it. And so they bounce because like no one today has time to... Uh, read an article for 40 minutes or maybe an hour. So we started experimenting. We started trimming our articles, trimming all the fat and getting to the point as fast as possible, using more images to make the content engaging. And we saw that our articles started climbing back in rankings. And we saw that in Google Analytics, the uh, the time on page improved. So people actually started reading it. So where I'm going with this? I'm trying to say that it's not uh, it's not something Google wants to do, like rank shorter articles or rank longer articles. It's about the it's about the users, the searchers, what they want. If Google sees that searchers like to read uh, long articles on on some topic, Google will start ranking long articles. But if Google will see that people prefer shorter articles uh, without any extra detail, Google will start ranking these articles. So uh, don't think about what Google wants. Think about what users want. Yeah, and what you explained is the spike of hope, right? Can you, can you explain a bit about the, this concept? Because I found it really interesting. Spike of hope is uh, the initial traffic that you get to your article. Uh, this is when uh, you publish your article and you probably, if, if you have a blog or if you have some kind of audience uh, who you create this content to, uh, you will send your article to an email list or you will tweet it if you have some Twitter followers or maybe you have a Facebook page or a Facebook group when you, where you can share this article. And mm-hmm. so what will happen is that your audience, the people that you already have access to, uh, be it your email list, your Twitter following, your Facebook group or whatever, they will come to your article. So in your Google Analytics, you will see that there is a spike of traffic uh, 
uh, right after publishing this article. Uh, but then, obviously, this traffic will fade to nothing uh, because where else are you going to get traffic uh, other than like promoting your article to, to people who are already kind of your fans, your followers? Uh, and they know uh, many people who are starting out, they don't even have any fa- fans or followers, so they cannot send their article to their email. And this is, uh, but what they can do is probably, I don't know, share that article on Reddit. So for, for a few hours, while the article will be visible on Reddit, some people will click it, and this again will, will cause kind of a spike of traffic. People usually obsess over this spike of traffic. They, they think that this is what they need to do. They, they need to generate more of these spikes. So they try to publish more often and uh, email their audience uh, more often or submit their articles to Reddit uh, more often or tweet their articles more often. And this kind of brings them a little bit of traffic. But uh, they're actually going nowhere with this because they're only reaching almost the same audience every time. So while they should be reaching more and more people and the way to reach more and more people so that more unique people that have never known about you before will come to your website is to get search traffic. So what you need to care about is not the initial spike of traffic, but if your article will start bringing consistent traffic, uh, like, I don't know, years after you publish it. So on our blog, at HRF's blog, we have articles that were published three three years ago, and they're still sending us, uh, they're still bringing us consistent traffic every single month because they rank in Google for the keywords, for the topics that are covered in this article. So... Uh, and this was actually the uh, the main idea of of the course that you mentioned from the beginning of our conversation is that people, mm-hmm. bloggers, content market, marketers, they shouldn't focus on these kind of short-term wins where they would be would manage to feature themselves on the front page of Reddit or like some popular blogger in their field will include their article in their newsletter. Of course, this is awesome, but it is just a short-term win. If your article will not start ranking afterwards, your effort is basically wasted. So you need to focus on SEO traffic. You need to focus on making your articles rank in Google. So this is the main idea. Yeah. Uh, And of course, once you complete the article and publish it, one of the biggest challenges you have is uh, getting links because links today still 2018, they still have uh, carry a lot of weight. And I think it's still, after so many years, it's still like a, a bit of a gray industry because you have you still have the spammers that you can buy links from, and you have many techniques from uh, you know the the many many te- techniques to acquire links. What are the the insights that you can give regarding this uh, this topic? Because if even if you outreach and you send the emails uh, to the people in your industry, people who know you, getting them to Login to their admin, <laughs> adding uh, the link, it's, it's a whole nother matter. Yeah, uh, this, is, this is the reason why paid links exist. This is the reason why people are willing to pay to get a link because it is just so hard to get a link. But then again, it all comes back to the kind of fundamental strategies that I offered uh, back when you were asking me about promoting the website that doesn't even have any articles, doesn't have any content. And I said that you just need to reach out to a lot of people, to a lot of people in your industry, to a lot of people in your niche, to a lot of people who have audience in your niche. You just need to get in touch with people. You just need to constantly get in touch with people. And uh, like uh, generating links is no different. It's the same as uh, kind of uh, getting testimonials for your product. You need to reach out to people. You need to show them what you have, uh, be it your product, your website, 
or your blog article and you need to ask for a feedback from them, uh, not necessarily a link. And uh, your goal is to actually impress these people with what you have there. So it's not about getting a link uh, to your product uh, or to your article. It's about, uh, it's about impressing the person that you're reaching out to. Uh, like if your product is awesome and you have reached out to a person and showed them your product and they're like genuinely excited about what you have there, trust me, they're going to link to it. They're going to tweet, to tweet about it uh, just naturally because they enjoy your product. I know this because it happened to me a ton of times when I, where I reached out to people. I showed them my products, my content. They enjoyed it, and so I didn't even have to ask for a link. Uh, but if you reach out and try to ask for something, like try to ask for a link specifically, uh, it probably won't work because it's not about you asking for a link. It's about a person making a conscious decision that they like what you have and that they are willing to, to link to it and thus kind of recommend it to their readers, to their followers, or, or whoever uh, visits their website because by linking to to you to your website they, they kind of recommend what you have uh, to their own website visitors so this is pretty important and people will only do that uh, if they're certain that uh, they're recommending something cool uh, and like i said this is why this is the reason why uh, there is an industry for paid links uh, is because uh, a lot of people just uh, create uh, shitty articles they have shitty products and so the only way for them to get links is to actually approach people uh, who have websites and tell them, uh, hi, if you, if you publish an article about my product and if you link to my website, I will give you $100, $200, $300. And so people are willing to do that. Uh, people are willing to recommend your product in a kind of not genuine way, but they will benefit from the paycheck. So... There's a lot of effort that ne needs to uh, be made in terms of knowing how to market what you've done. Because let's say you've created a, a website that you're certain is uh, is unique. It's something that you need uh, you need to do like the backward in engineering to understand who will care about it. Who will like, you know, sites like awards or you need to, to backward engineer who would care that you created something unique and something of value. Yeah, of course. Uh, this is a great advice. And basically you, you have to think about it even before you create a product. So before you invest any effort into like uh, putting out the website or investing money uh, into creating some kind of product, you need to think about uh, like why would people care about it? And you can actually start reaching out to people even before you launch a website, even before you write the first line of code and kind of get validation for your idea. You, you have to make sure that there are people who would expect you to build whatever you're building. And this is actually cool because you can get uh, quality feedback and great advice and awesome like I don't know feature suggestions even before you build it and by uh, kind of helping you by advising you what you should build and how you're making those people that you reach out to kind of invested in what you have there invested in your success in your success so then when you finally ship it when you finally build it release it you can show it to them you can say like here is the feature that you suggested or here's the landing page that, that was done based on your advice. Take a look at it. Like, and it works or it doesn't work. And you can just keep communicating to people uh, and see like what kind of where, where this relationship will take you. Because uh, a lot in business and marketing depends on the actual relationships. Yeah, because you can't see the whole picture and you can always use 
you know, feedback, customer feedback to see the points that you're missing. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I want to talk a bit about your role as, as CMO, because I think we both kind of share a trade where we're dealing with a product that is very uh, advanced. So in Ahrefs, you can go into so many details about your your and your competitors' websites and traffic and keywords. So you need to, uh, as, as the CMO, you need to promote all the features that are possible that are you know, of huge value to SEO uh, in the, uh, specialists and bloggers, but they're not aware of it on the one hand. On the other hand, you have to uh, get traffic of new users. So how do you juggle these two challenges? Yeah, this is an awesome question. And uh, what, I, what I, I struggled with is to how to educate uh, our customers on all those awesome features and functionalities that we have. Because oftentimes people just come, uh, they, they uh, read some, some article about a certain functionality and they come sign up to Ahrefs, our service, for this specific functionality and they don't really care about uh, the rest of the tools and data that we have and they don't really have time to kind of figure out what else we have and how it will help it. So I was struggling like how to explain these people that they are paying for like a whole tool set that can do a lot of great stuff but they are only using like one out of features. And uh, I, I talked to a lot of people. I tried a lot of different things. And so what I eventually uh, understood is that there's absolutely no way to get uh, like all your customers, like to educate all your customers uh, on your features and make them use like your tools to the fullest. It's the same, for example, for me and my phone, iPhone. There are a ton of features in iPhone, but I'm only using a few and like, I don't really care about the rest of the features, but whenever I face a certain issue, for example, uh, if I need to uh, have a Pomodoro timer for the technique that I explained before, the productivity technique, I would just mm -hmm. Google Pomodoro timers and I would find out that there is an app for iPhone uh, where I can uh, launch a Pomodoro timer, so I will start using it. The same thing with HREFs. I stopped caring about trying to educate our customers on my terms. It's not about me trying to like push a certain feature down the, their throat. It's about them wanting to learn something new. It's about them coming to a point in their life, in their business, in their career, uh, where they have uh, a certain issue that they want to solve. And how would they solve this issue? They will go to Google. And now I have to be there. When they will go to Google to search for a specific issue, here at Ahrefs, we should have content that will rank in Google. So they will say, whoa, so I could do this with Ahrefs all this time and they didn't know it. Let me start using it more. So this is, this is my uh, vision and this is how we do it. We don't try to kind of shoehorn uh, education into our customers' throats. Uh, we try to make it inbound, so whenever people want to uh, solve a certain challenge, they will uh, search for it, they will go to Google, and we'll try to appear there with our content if we have a solution to this issue. So this is how it happens. Interesting. I, I, I also want to touch a, a great thing that I learned from, the, from your course, a great, uh, I would say, highlight that you mentioned was the 110-110 content promotion ratio yeah. that, you, that you wrote. I really like the... The concept and the, the logic behind that. Okay. So uh, I think it was Derek Halpern who I heard it from originally. He said that uh, there was an 80-20 rule, kind of the classic Pareto principle, 
where you have to invest 20% of your time creating content and then 80% of your time promoting the, that content. And while I see what he was trying to say there, I also think that the actual the numbers are misleading. So it makes people think that they only should like invest a little bit to create their article, but then they should invest a lot into promoting it, which is not what he meant. And I think that the the uh, actual numbers that people would understand better is 110% to 110%. So you have to go an extra mile into creating an awesome article. And then you have to go an extra mile into promoting it so that uh, it would accumulate a lot of links and that so that it would start ranking in Google. So first of all, why would you go an extra mile into creating your article? This all comes back to what we were discussing all this time, that you have to have something that would genuinely impress people. So it's all about relationships. It's all about the communication. Uh, and if your article is not impressing anyone, it will be super hard to promote it. It will be super hard to make people link to it, unless, of course, you pay people to do it, uh, in which case it would make sense to them. So you have to go an extra mile to make an awesome article. And then, since you already invested a lot of time and effort to make an amazing article, you cannot just... Uh, promote it a little bit and call it a day. You have to make sure that uh, you will get a lot of links to this article. You, you have to make sure that a lot of people will uh, hear about this article, that it will appear on their radar. And you have to make sure that this article eventually will end up at the top of Google and it will start bringing you uh, passive, consistent traffic every single month. So people will search for whatever your article is about and they will see your article in the top search results and they will visit your article. So this is 110 to 110 rule. Create an amazing article and promote it until it starts ranking well in Google and starts bringing you passive traffic. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point that you need to keep on promoting because uh, there's another point that most people think of it like a rolling snowball getting viral. Like they think that you, you put out great content, then a few people share it, then more people that like, from person to person, it grows. But you actually mentioned that uh, that it diminishes over time. Yeah, uh, there, there's kind of no snowball effect. Uh, and uh, it, it's not uh, my personal opinion. It's, it's something that some guys, I don't remember their company name, but it was mentioned in my course. They actually studied it. So they looked at how viral content spreads. And so what they found out is that uh, there are certain hubs people or like companies with huge huge following and kind of viral outburst only happens if these people with huge following uh, will end up i don't know tweeting or sharing uh, your piece of content so it's not about uh, like ordinary people like uh, who have i don't know a hundred followers tweeting and tweeting and tweeting so it goes from one person to another and eventually you get to a million people seeing what you have there no, it's not about this. This is not how, how content gets viral. It's about a few ordinary people might tweet it and then it might appear on the radar of, some, uh, of someone with huge audience. And after they tweet it, this is when it gets viral. So uh, viral, it's not about uh, a lot of people with small following uh, sharing something. Viral is about a few people with enormous following sharing something. So that is what viral. And Again, it all comes back again to the topic, to the strategy of outreach. So you need to reach out to people who have huge audience. Uh, you have to make them. You have to make them take a look at your content, and if they like it, they will tweet it. So you will get that viral effect from uh, a bunch of 
people with huge following sharing what you have there. So you need to start sending emails to Kim Kardashian pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about it. Okay, Tim, can you share a bit about what you're currently working on on, on Ahrefs? Right now, a lot, a lot of my time goes into actually refining our products, uh, adding new features uh, and all that. So right now I'm not creating too much content, to be honest. Uh, I'm at the stage where I feel that uh, my best contribution uh, is within the product itself. Interesting. Well, I'm, I'm very eager to see because we also, the Elementor team also joined Ahrefs. So I'm very eager to see how it's going to change our own uh, content strategy. Uh, it's been very enlightening talking to you and I hope we can uh, talk again uh, soon. Sure, of course. I will be super interested to see how Ahrefs, our tools and data and our workflows, how they will help you to grow your own search traffic and acquire customers from search. So maybe, I don't know, within like six months or eight months from now, we can record another podcast and talk about your experience uh, with search traffic, how it went for you, uh, and do some kind of recap review of what happened. Definitely. We're already generating and collecting the data. How can people follow you, reach you? I have a dedicated page just for that. So if you go to hrefs.com, there is ahrefs.com and then slash team, T-I-M, which is my name. You'll see a page dedicated to me where I collected uh, all links to my social profiles like Twitter, Facebook, uh, Medium, my Medium blog. Also, I have some, uh, some of my best articles that I consider the best resources that I've produced. Uh, and also I have some links to like previous uh, podcast interviews if you want to listen more of that. So if people want more, want more content from me, just open hrefs.com, put slash, slash T-I-M, uh, and you'll see uh, some information about me. Okay, Tim. So I'll talk to you soon, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Sure. Thanks a lot for inviting me. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.